So we are starting with 1 Corinthians chapter 3 today. We're not going to be going through the entire book. We are going to be looking only at places that seem to have to do with our salvation uh, and well-being. Let's uh, first of all think a little bit about the situation in Corinth. Everybody is quarreling, it seems like, in Corinth. They uh, they have all kinds of problems. There's disunity, uh, there's factions, and there's some who say they are of Apollos, and they are others that say they are of Paul, and uh, others that say they are of Christ, and nobody's getting along. And there's other problems, there's immorality among them, and they don't think Paul is a very... A, a very masterful apostle. They, they th- see him as inferior. They say your your letters are weighty and strong, but your bodily presence is weak. So when they see him in person, they really don't think much of him. When they get his letters, they're weighty and strong. So where do you get that from? It's that it's the physical it's, is different from the. It, it's the somewhere here in in these two, two books, First and Second Corinthians. Um, I wonder if that has to do with his stature and his possible disability. It could, because at one point he says he talks about them wanting to tear out their eyes for him. So it it could be that he had a a lingering disability with his eyes. Nobody really knows for Mm -hmm. sure. They don't know if he contracted some fever in in, uh, Mm -hmm. Arabia where he spent three years. They don't really know. Uh, But Paul is a little... Vague. <laughs> he tells about that. Who, who writes the book? Paul. Okay, so he writes that. So he writes their response to him himself. Right. And who and who are the occupants of that town? Are these Jewish peoples? They're they're a mixture of Jewish and Gentile. Jewish and Gentile. Okay, so Jewish and Gentile. Is this is this the sea? Is this is this town near the sea? Is this the one that's near the sea? Um. My memory is a little hazy on Corinth. It's near the center of the Roman province of Achaia in one of the most important cities of Greece. That's all it says mm. here. Okay. So it doesn't sound like it's a port or anything. It doesn't sound yeah. like it? Well, it doesn't say that right off It doesn't that. say, but it could be. I don't know either. What I'm t- not a what, New Testament person. What, what town is it that he is um, saying to the, to the women that they should wear a head covering? It's Corinth. It is. So it is a seafaring town. Is it? Yeah. So anyway, um, I know I know that because of other connections. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So um, in uh, verse ten, I'm going to move on from the dissension part that he's talking about, and well, so we'll start with verse ten. Uh, According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder. I laid a foundation, and someone else is building on it. Each builder must choose with care how to build on it, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one that has been laid. That foundation is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, the work of each builder will become visible, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each has done. If what has been built on the foundation survives, the builder will receive a reward. If the work is built up, 
burned up, the builder will suffer loss. The builder will be saved, but only as through fire. Oh, this is interesting. If any man's work is burned up, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved. Right. Yes. He'll lose. He'll lose the souls that he could have gotten um, because he didn't build. Well, if he didn't, if he didn't build with the right ingredients. If if you look up in verse twelve. If anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, mm -hmm. wood, hay, straw. See, fire will burn wood, hay, and straw. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's talking about building with the right ingredients because the fire will reveal what kind of work you have. Uh, the fire will either burn the dross off the gold and the silver and uh, polish the precious stones, or it will burn up and consume the wood, hay, and straw. But I find it interesting that it says that he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved. So Right. So the building, he loses the building that he's trying to build. In okay. other words, the body, to, you, the body to, Christ, change, to change metaphors, the building represents the church or the body of Christ. Okay. So if he, if he try, is, is uh, building the church with inferior mm -hmm. materials, he will suffer loss. That is, he'll lose, he'll lose the church. That he's building, but the people, the people, the people, right? But he himself will be saved. So, but people. only because he's gone through the fire and survived it. Even though it doesn't say that, we're assuming that. Well, because yeah, it says yeah. he's saved. He said, "Well, it says uh, he will be saved, but only as through fire." Oh, only as through fire. So he has to go through the fire. Go through the fire. And he, if he survives, and his, the rest of what he's done has burned up, then he's the only one saved out of it is, is there any likeness to david because david did a lot of damage he wasn't allowed to build but he himself was committed yeah before that's an interesting god i mean there's that. probably a lot of examples yeah. in the bible that you could pick for that um but you, you think of the loss that he has he has to think about that loss for eternity you know he has he when he gets to heaven he won't have those people with him so it's it's a huge loss, and that's why Paul is cautioning: yeah. be careful what you build with. If you build with wood, hay, or straw, you're going to lose your work in the fire. So, so he. I'm oh, sorry. Is there a sense of responsibility for others' salvation in that? Yeah. And and I'm not sure where to place that because. It's not Everyone total, it's not, decisions. they do, but we can, we do have the ability to lead people astray. I mean, that goes both ways. We have the ability to lead people astray and lead people towards salvation or to Christ. Um, mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, but he's, so. not, he's not the only influence. I mean, his work on those people may come to naught, but somebody else's work might get have gotten through. It, right. it, it, it is, but I, I don't see that as as simply our work. It's what we build with that's crucial here. Okay. Because he spells it out very carefully. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, those will pass through the fire fine. But wood, hay, straw will not. So, okay, so my responsibility is to uplift Christ. It is your responsibility is to build with the with faith, Christ. the faith and love, 
of Christ, faith in Christ, the love of Christ. So if I'm and I'm not sure what the precious stones yeah. uh, indicate or the silver, but you're filled with precious things. In other words, if all we're doing in church is entertaining our young people mm-hmm. or our, our members, that's, that's, that's the straw. That's the hay. <laughs> And we're not we're we're lulling them to sleep. Yeah, we're not right. giving them the crucial elements of what is needed for now, and we're not leading them to Christ. Which we're we're them letting them look at ourselves and and yeah. prance around with our self righteousness, yeah. so to speak. Right. Okay. So so what what were the three materials again that come to not wood, wood hay, and straw. hay, and straw? Because they What's all burn the up in the fire. Between hay and straw. Hay is uh, is the okay. You have the wheat, yeah, and and wheat wasn't in Paul in Paul's day. It would have been barley. Uh, so you have the barley, and you have the the grain, and you have the grain that would be taken off and used the top, yeah. the top part. Right. But then you have the stalk uh-huh. of the grain that becomes cut for hay. Hay. Uh, and and then the straw is um, it's left over. It's what's left over after you've used the hay. Yeah, it's the stubble, probably the stubble. stubble. What we would call stubble. Stubble is is yep. what you can't cut. You can't cut all the way to the ground. It's, mm-hmm. it's what's left mm-hmm. after you cut the hay. That's straw. Yeah. Hmm. But the fire is going to burn all of that. This has to do with salvation. We do participate in the salvation of other people. We can't exist without participation. It's, it's like um, when I was a young adult, I uh, mused about, in fact, actually when I was a teenager. No, it was when I was, it was actually when I was 19. I was taking a mass media class here at PUC in 1975. And the mass media teacher got up and said, you know, that you cannot not communicate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he explained how we communicate, even how we sleep, communicate something about us. We are never in a mode of not communicating something about ourselves. And I remember walking out of that class and thinking, Ma, if we, if that's true, we can't not not communicate. We cannot not witness. <laughs> We are a witness, whether we like it or not, whether we try to be or not. Everything we do, everything we say is a witness, negatively or positively, about God. Um, so that's how I see this. As And, and the, then the goal is how do we witness positively about God? For me personally, I don't feel like I can like think about that though as far as because it feels so it feels like a burden and it feels heavy to to feel like oh my goodness everything I say and do is like someone else is going to either reject or not reject Christ and I'm not I don't think God wants me to have that burden no that's Jesus burden right and so so my that's why my, my focus needs to be Christ yeah to dwell in to dwell to dwell in Christ and rely on him for everything yeah. I say or do. Okay, yeah. it, it, okay. so scripture says, don't plan what you're to speak, the Holy Spirit will give you the words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ellen White says that 
uh, the Holy Spirit cannot give you a remembrance unless you've been taught. Yes. So we need to learn the principles, and when you learn the principles, not just uh, not not just rote learning, but you learn it until you understand until it. Mm-hmm. Then, amazingly, the principle principles are called into action. You're impressed to, you know, enunciate something or show forth something in a mm-hmm. situation, and you know, I'll find that. I'll ask myself, what am I doing? You know, what am I doing here in a particular situation? And somebody will walk through the door and they'll need something and I'll just be called Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. that is exactly the preparation I had just received. Mm -hmm. It's it's for that person that just arrived. Mm -hmm. And Ellen White talks about how the angels, angels or messages, how they will work for years to bring people together. They'll work for years Mm -hmm. to bring people together for that one occasion. Okay. And, you know, I, I, I don't know how much preparation I've received to be there for the person that needed me, but I can tell you, those people, a lot of the classes that I sat in when I first came in, into the church, they were prepared for me. Because I was thinking about those things the whole week, and when the teacher walked through the door, and I wasn't following the Sabbath school quarter or anything like that, I was just waiting to be taught, and everything that I had thought and gone as far as I could think of the whole week through, the teacher walked through the door and said, "Okay, um, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna teach the quarterly this week. I'm gonna teach this." And my eyes would go up like that, and everybody like, "Well, we didn't study that. I did. <laughs> I thought as hard as I could yeah. all week long about yeah. that subject, and I didn't even know what that subject was. I was just given this thought to think. Mm-hmm. I thought it through. I went as far as I could go. I couldn't get any farther, and I go, "That's all I can do. Where do I go?" From here, will there ever will I ever get any more information on this? And then he walks through the door and does that. So I can tell you, they've been prepared for me. I believe I've been prepared for other people. You know, it sometimes this world's getting awful hard to recognize people, though. It's it's getting in a state where it's going to have to go to its knees pretty soon. It will. Uh, so I think I think with the next verses, next two verses illustrate what you've just said. Do you not know that you are God's temple? Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming here, I don't have a Greek New Testament handy, it's in my office. I, I'm assuming here that you is plural. Oh, there's one right there. Greek, Just English po- New Testament. Point to it, the I'll green get it. One, if you need Okay, first Corinthians. Not that you're a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Yeah, that's, that's what he's talking about. You, I think the you is plural. I just want to make sure. Um, so that word can be plural in Greek then, huh? You can be plural, it can well, be singular. In English too. Well, it can in English, but we have no specific way of designating it, whereas oh, Greek yeah. is specific. Oh, okay, yeah. Interesting. So in Spanish, you would know if the, the U is plural by exactly. the Exactly, exactly. <laughs> First Corinthians yeah. 3, I just want to make sure. See, and I completely believe what you say. But I can't, see, I can't get these but, things out of the words. You're saying that next verse illustrates what I say. I don't care. Well, it does because it says, do you not know that you're a temple of God? That's, that's me. That's my body. That's everything of who I am. And that the Spirit of God dwells in you. 
So you were just talking about how the Holy Spirit uh-huh. works through us, works through others, because God, He lives in me. Like yeah, literally living. But in you me. had to be taught. And it's like Ellen White said: you have to be. Holy Spirit cannot give you a remembrance unless you've yeah. been taught. The, Paul's, so you assume, taught. Paul's assuming that probably. Oh, he's assuming. Okay. okay. <laughs> Do you not know that the temple of God? I'm forgetting my Greek. Este. It could be singular. Why are you thinking that's important in this case if it's singular? Or plural? If it's plural, it's it's the whole church. Do you not know that oh, the Holy Spirit in dwells in you as a group? Oh, I see. But it seems to be singular. So it's each individual. Which makes sense. Wait a minute. Actually with Wait a minute. But it could but it could apply both ways anyway, right? Oh, I'm well, the verses that he's saying before and after seems like he's talking about each man's work. He, he's That's talking true. talking very individually. That's true. Well, let's see what it says in verse 17. If any man, it doesn't say if any men, or like a plural type, destroy the temple of God. God oh, wait a minute. Him. You are, here we go. It is plural. Oh, okay. <laughs> I believe. Um... It's been 20 years since I learned and taught Hebrew. I taught Greek. <laughs> you know how many what, years that's been? What, 30 some. Okay. <laughs> what, would it be like saying the word use? You wouldn't say that, but I mean, is that. You, you, you meaning everybody in this room, if you're talking to them. Uh, if anyone destroys God temple, God's temple, now this is, this is Tiff's. Uh, if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person, for God's temple is holy. And you are that temple. See, all that seems singular to me. And, and what is interesting is, I'm trying to find the other word. Where's the word? Hagias. Oh, for the temple of God is holy, and you are, oh, it doesn't say that temple, it says that thing. Uh, that's what's throwing me off. And mm-hmm. you is plural. So you are God's temple. And that makes sense because we're the body of Christ. But that also applies to each individual. What yeah. is the word for destroy? If anyone destroys God's temple. God will destroy them. Is it the same word yeah. in both cases? If the, um, it's, it's a hard one to pronounce. The thero. What, what does it mean? The thero. <laughs> is, is there any better? I don't know. I, I have not. I have not ever read okay, well, the, first Corinthians. Okay, so there's that thought about about delivering him up for destruction because and uh, the, he will up. come back in the day of how does that go? He will come back in the I think it was that it, it was that fellow that was in adultery with another woman. No, his father's um, his father's mother, mother. His father's wife. And okay, bes- besides the the besides Besides the direction that they t- that that he told that he explained to them that they're actually worse than the Gentiles because they're making light of it in front of it, and the, and the Gentiles wouldn't even do that. But but besides all of that, he he they explained to him to deliver him up for what? Deli- deli- that he would come back in the day of. He uses the word destruction, but I can't remember the words. You're supposed to deliver. Okay, he was supposed to be delivered up to Satan. He was supposed to be delivered up to Satan. That, um, and this was the best judgment for him because this would help him, give him up. 
he, he, they were told to give him up, deliver him, give him to sa- give him up to it Satan. Doesn't, it, I think you're conflating confu- two passages. This one is in First Corinthians five. It says uh, that as actually reported, there's sexual immorality among you, and the kind is not found even among the pagans. For a man is living with his father's wife. And you are arrogant. Should you not rather have mourned so that he who has done this thing would have been removed from among you? And then he goes on to talk about it, and then he says, I am writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother or sister who is sexually immoral or greedy or is an idolater, reviler, drunkard, or robber. Do not even eat with such a one. For what have I to do with judging those outside? Is it not those who are inside that you are to judge? God will judge those person outside. Drive out the wicked person from among you. But he's telling them to drive them out of the church. They, okay, but but isn't there isn't there a passage there where it talks about delivering about delivering him up to Satan that he will come back in, in the day of judgment? That's, that's in a different book. I forget which one. It's that's, one of Paul's letters. But isn't but it? It's not Corinthians. Okay, but is it the same? Is it a same situation about him no. being? No. That he has, de- he it's where he says he has delivered somebody to Satan. That he will, that he will he, come he back. He names a person. Okay, he says I have delivered him to Satan. to Satan so that he might learn the error of his ways or something like that. But what about coming back in the day of judgment? What about that's not ringing a bell? Okay. God will judge this person outside. In other words. God will be the one who judges, but you're to drive that person out from among you. Okay, because I remember, I remember delivering a man up to Satan that he would come back, that he might come back That's, in the day of judgment, that he might come, that he might come. See, I can't get the words, but he might come back through that. That's, it's like bringing. That's a very different. Place where he's actually mentioning a person by name, I think. Okay, so if the, can we inject that thought in here? Because it talks about he who destroys the temple, God will destroy well, I him. Think, is, I that, think is this a total destruction, or is this is this a salvational destruction? Is, is my point because we're because um, we're talking those who destroy their the temple or the church, uh-huh. a person who destroys destroys the church or themselves as the temple of God. They destroy themselves, mm-hmm. and so God will destroy them, meaning he, they will go through the fire. The fire is the glory of him who is love, and they, that will consume them. That's, that's the final destruction I think he's talking about. But then you talked about earlier that if but, you're... But Jesus is clear in Matthew 18 that we're to treat the people we expel from the church like tax collectors and... Uh, Gentiles. Gentiles. So we're not to give up on them. It's not our place to decide their turn, eternal fate. That's up to God. So, so I understand that. But you were talking about how how a person that that um, that their works were coming to naught in the way of affecting another person positively. They, but they can go through the fire. They will go, can and, go through and the fire, they, and they God will. will they delu- will still be saved, saved because, yeah, that's. That's a little different, but he's talking here about immorality. Well, now the one that I, the one that we went to, the one that you just took us to. This right? is immorality here, right? So, but where you were, where we were starting, you were talking about how it's a very different topic. It's a very different topic, but you were talking about how this person will be saved, and but now it's talking about he, you know, that if he destroys the temple. If he destroys the temple, God will destroy him. Is this somehow a destruction that you can either come through? 
or, oh, I, I see or, what you're saying. or go down comes is there two options there you either go is it a is it a, is it, is it a, that's why I was asking what that word destruction was in the original language but if anyone it, destroys God's temple that's particular so that's not you plural that's now but how are they doing it are they doing it through straw and I don't think so I think this is uh, see it's if you build with the wrong materials the fire is going to consume it the fire is going to go through everybody. Everybody's going to go through the fire. Mm-hmm. If you build with the wrong material, fire is going to consume it. So you're going to have loss. That's the loss of of uh, what you could have had if you had built with the right materials. Gold tried in the fire, silver, and precious stones. So you're not destroying the temple by building it, with so, wrong materials. But material. if you destroy the temple uh-huh. of God, which is holy, that's different okay. than building I'll just with certain you. materials. Okay, then I'll let, you, I'll let you continue. He comes back then to the problem of disunity, and so we're going we're gonna to move on from that. Uh, we have 15 minutes, so we can move to another passage. And um, I'm, I'm skimming through here because uh, the, a lot of this has to do with church issues. Uh, not with salvation. That comment that you just said makes me smile. Had to do with church issues. And not salvation. <laughs> not salvation. <laughs> it's not that they're mutually exclusive, it's just we're looking specifically for a particular topic. But I think there's a lot of church issues that we create to be salvation issues. That's why it makes me smile. <laughs> See, I think we get stumped with that. Um, the whole thing of what are issues that are salvation issues and not and because ultimately God is the Savior he's the only one that can determine salvation for each individual and for the church and yet we have this responsibility on how we are how we can't not not communicate to to people and in their salvation so what does God really expect of us here because that's really where the disunity comes from. It comes from getting things mixed up as to what's what's our responsibility for people's salvation and what isn't and could, what's a salvation issue and what isn't and that's where we get stuck. Could we could we say could we simplify this by suggesting that whatever takes our eyes off of Jesus Of course. I completely is non- agree with that. <laughs> non salvation. Yes. Well, what, what, I mean, we can go all, all day about that. You know, that's what the ordination's about. That's that's. I think that's what Jesus, I mean, uh, Satan does. He distracts us to f- stay on an issue that is so quote irrelevant when it comes to eternal life and people's salvation. It really is. And so, and we just stay there, and that's where disunity comes from. So, so, so the thing of it is, <laughs> I, I find that when people. Um, you know, have these conversations. You know, I, I ponder what they think salvation actually is. Because the thing of it is, in the New Testament as well as the Old Testament, sometimes it's translated salvation, other times it's translated deliverance, but it's actually the same word. Now, I don't know whether that's 100% proof of, uh, of what I'm saying right now, but, de- but the thing of it is, I don't like the word salvation. 
I hardly ever use that word. Deliverance, I like that word, because what are we delivered from? We're delivered from bondage, oppression, and things like that. And and so when somebody has either principles of deliverance or they're delivered in a particular situation, then they're taken out of this trap, this tight and knot, not knowing what to do, not knowing how to respond. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? They're, they're oppressed. Okay? But we, you know, we talk about, when we talk about salvation, it's just so, con- it's just so confusing to my mind as to okay, what... Okay, let, let me give some clarification. The, new, the Old Testament word is deliverance. The New Testament word is healing. Okay, so I know that the word salvation, which is a which which comes from a Greek word, which can be salve, right? It comes from it, the Greek well, word comes the, from salve. The, the Greek word translated to save in the New Testament is sozo, and sozo means to also to heal. To heal. Okay, so, but didn't that word in the original he is it is it is in it, Hebrew? It's uh, no salvation I mean, is delivers yash. Yesha or something like that. It's Yeshua. Yeshua. Yeshua is, is save God saves or something. God saves. Yeah. Okay. So 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 the so the thing of it is 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 that okay, you just mentioned um so, okay, the word okay, the word in Greek. These are all these are all things that are on my list to do when when I get to that point, but um to track these words down. But the thing of it is is that that Greek word that we that we take the English word or the Latin word. I don't know what the word "save" means. I don't know the derivation of the word. But the thing of it is, the word that it comes from. I thought it actually did mean it. It its root derivation is "save" in Greek. Well, salvation, the English word is yeah. It, I, do, I so don't think once, it's, once it's, it's not, the English word. It's not Greek. It's not the, the Greek. It's not Greek. And it's, is it Latin? Does Latin. Latin so Latin introduces the "save" right. because they had a "save." They had a they had a salve in that day, and the popular salve in that day was ISAP, but it was like bitter's medicine. It, it didn't work. It didn't open up. It, it, and another thing that I learned was that what disabled the person... I see, I always thought that, that a person that went blind, typically it, there was something wrong with their eyeball itself. It's not. It's scales on the eyelid that are like scabs. They're so painful you can't open up your eyes. So you can't see. So they were sitting. They were selling back in the ancient world an eye salve to rub on your your eyelid, and it would he, if your eyelid could be healed, you could open up your eyes and you could see again. So those are the scales on the eyes, and so I was impressed that this word had the derivation of salve, and the and the salve that they were selling that men administered to other men didn't work it was sell, go into town sell it and get out of town before they found out it didn't work but the salve that jesus gave worked it opened up people's eyes and when you see that's synonymous with being set free mm-hmm. well see, this is i think we have to come down to the point that jesus is the one who saves us right. yeah it isn't we it isn't mm-hmm. anything we do mm-hmm. uh all we can do is respond to his love and allow him to draw us in. And that drawing in, if we don't resist it, leads us to repentance, to trust, to to relationship, and to wait, being coming taken out of that bondage and that oppression. So, so, so I see two potential problems, and one is is that we're not getting principal ties enough 
to deal with what's coming. We have no idea what's coming. I mean, I have, a good, I have pretty good ideas. Ellen White talks about keeping up with current events. I do that, and I know what's coming, and a lot of people don't. They don't have the foggiest idea, and they don't have the principles incorporated to do that. And you start talking about some of the principles that we need to deal with what's coming in this world, and people kind of schmooze all that off and say he's enough, and yet to have him that he should be enough, you need to understand principles. You know, and do you see what I'm saying? So it's the principle. It's it's understanding him through the principles that he gave us that are going to enable us to be set free and make those correct decisions when we're confronted with these oppressive forces. And and some people some people give a peace and safety message, like let's just you know let's have unity by not having contention. And even Ellen White says that we should. I don't know her precise words, but she even says that we should have a little contention be- between us. It's healthy because if <laughs> I mean if you if you like okay we disagree with that, so let's not even talk about it. Let's not even deal with it. Well, if you bring those things up, then you work them through until people see eye to eye, and that means that. That means that you give up certain things that you thought were true that aren't true, and I give up certain things that I thought were true that aren't true, and I adopt some of the things that you have, and you adopt some of the things I have. That's ministry of the saints one to another. That's the ministry of the gifts, because he's given things you don't to you that I don't have, and he's given things to me that you don't have. And so instead of each one of us becoming a whole body in and of ourselves, we need to like lend, borrow, and share electrons. And you only do that through a little contention, not smooth schmoozing everything over. Do you see what I'm saying? And so, and so, you know, and a lot of people think that I'm the one that brings the contention to the group. And and I'm like, when people are like walking out, I'm like, where are you going? We haven't solved this yet. Let's come back here and fi- let's come back here and figure this out. The people that turn around and come it back takes, and do that. It takes more than contention, though, to bring unity. Well, no, what, it, but it, show, it shows that there's something we don't get. There's something we don't understand. There's something we still yet need. It, there's, there's more to it than that. Well, there's, there's when we blind, get it... There's blindness of mind and heart. And when be, two blind people come together, they're not going to see. And when one person sees and the other is blind, the blind person may resist the sight. And so what is happening in our church is not so much about what we don't understand. It's that what we won't understand. We refuse to understand. So what's so how do you how do you do that? Do we pray people into trouble? <laughs> no. No. That's a um, spiritual warfare and principle. This, if if you read I want to read something uh, along the lines of what we were talking about, if I can find So what you're saying is is that the state that we are in as a church today is we don't want to understand? No, we want to Everybody to agree with me. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And, and, and it's not that you're wrong. You're you're right in a particular situation and circumstance with checks and balances. Yeah, but there's there, we we aren't all right. No, but what I mean what I mean is is your gift it's it it works in this situation but not in that one. When you take what you have and make it into the whole. Well, and that's what she says. It it talks about. Well, she said in her prayer, humility. It does. It takes humility yeah. on all of our parts. Exactly. And we, and I would say as a whole, humility is not... <laughs> it's not present. It's not present. 
with anybody. Um, yeah. Everywhere I go yeah. today, everybody thinks they know everything. You can't yeah. talk to anybody today. Yeah. They don't let you finish saying what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And in, 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 in the last generation, we let each other say what we had to say. We tried to understand what, they, what it meant. We would, re, we would say back mm-hmm. to them, is this what you're right. saying? I think you're glorifying the last generation. I think you are. I think you are. <laughs> because I, I think, think we've always had this nature. problem. I, really, I mean, look at what no. Paul's, it's it's getting it's getting worse. Well, look at what Paul's talking about. I mean, this sounds like he's talking about us today, as far as and and this is ancient times, right? I think that's human nature of not being see, humble and not yeah. listening to each other. See the see the thing of it is is that there were three generations difference between me and my father and two and my mother. They had me when I was very old. So, when they were very old. Yeah, well, they had me when they were very old, yeah. And so I've got, like, they went through the Depression, they went mm-hmm. through all these things. Those people are a completely different character than what walks the earth today. Well, of course. The, of course. It's yes. just completely but, but different. Human nature, but basic uh, those, human nature those people things, did there. not have their eyes on Jesus any better than we do. Yeah. They were legalistic. Yeah. They were very entrenched in rules. Uh because I grew up in the 60s and the 50s and the 40s and the 30s, my parents say, were even worse. Where it was all about do this and don't do that, and there was no relationship with Jesus. There was no trust. There Are was you, no love. You're talking about your experience inside the church? Yes. I wasn't inside the church then, so I don't know what the church was doing. See, my circles so you were other circles. You can't, you can't apply that to us because we're a different ballpark. Yeah. Um, I would like to read from on the shaking. I was shown that the people of God and saw them mightily shaken. Some with strong faith and agonizing cries were pleading with God. Their countenances were pale and marked with deep anxiety, expressive of their internal struggle. Firmness and great earnestness were expressed in their countenances while large drops of perspiration fell from their foreheads. Now and then their faces would light up with the marks of God's approbation. What does that mean, half word? Approbation. See, the problem is I read this stuff on the Sabbath, and I don't have anybody to call and tell me what these words mean. You need, what, you need a dictionary. Yeah, I do. Approbation what? is uh, approval. Uh, so, okay. And again, with the same solemn, earnest, anxious look, but settled down upon them. Evil angels crowded around them, pressing their darkness upon them to shut out Jesus from their view that their eyes might be drawn to the darkness that surrounded them, and they distrust God and next murmur against Him. Their only safety was in keeping their eyes directed upward. Their only safety, that's salvation. Mm-hmm. Salvation is being safe. Their only safety was in keeping their eyes directed upward. Angels of God had charge over his people, and as the poisonous atmospheres from the evil angels were, was pressed around these anxious ones, the heavenly angels were continually wafting their wings over them to scatter their thick darkness. Some I saw did not participate in this work of agonizing and pleading. They seemed indifferent. And notice... Indifference. And they seemed different, indifferent, and careless. They were not resisting the darkness around it, them, and it shut them in like a thick cloud. The angels of God left these, and I saw them hastening to the assistance of those who were struggling with all their energies to resist the evil angels trying to, and trying to help themselves by calling upon God with perseverance. But the angels left those who made no effort to help themselves, and I lost sight of them. 
As the praying ones continued their earnest cries, a ray from, of light from Jesus would at times come to them to encourage their hearts and light up their countenances. I asked the meaning of the shaking I had seen and was shown it would be caused by the straight testimony called forth by the counsel of the true witness of Laodicea. That straight testimony and that counsel is here. Here's the straight testimony. For you say I'm rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing. You do not realize that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Therefore, there's the counsel. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich, and the white robes to clothe you and keep the shame of your nakedness from being seen, and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. So that's what causes the shaking, is a call to a relationship with Jesus. To have the gold, faith, faith me is it's a relationship. You can't trust someone and not have a relationship. And to call on his name. Okay, when I, you you told you told me about this about six eight months ago. I went and got it out of the, copied it out of the testimonies, and, and I I never could get past page one. I've read it over about ten times. The, the, so is the shape those people that are attempting to put those attributes on? Do do they get do they get do, do they get thwarted by other people? Do they get are attempts made to thwart that, and does that shake them? That's what I... No. What shakes, what brings the shaking is this, is this testimony. You are naked, poor, blind, miserable, and you need to buy gold, try to fire, and raiment that you might be clothed, and salves so that your eyes might see. Right, but what, what... That's what brings the shaking. Yeah, but what causes people to get that? What causes people to see that all of a sudden? What causes people to get, get that? What, causes yeah, what pe- do you mean that? Okay, what causes people to see that they are poor, wretched, miserable, blind, and naked, and have no need of anything? What causes people to see to it's, go it's, to, to well, fall to that? This is this actually is set cast in 1856 when Adventists for, for a few Adventists for the first time said, "Look, the Laodicean message applies to us. We are Laodicea." Before that, it had been the other churches that they were pointing the finger at. For Laodicea, but they now said this is us. They saw it applying to themselves. Yeah, and what? they began to preach that message, so, and that people rose up against it. So, do we need to understand? And they rose up against it, and so and didn't weren't some of those people shaken out? You have to go. Yeah, weren't some of those people shaken out by trying to seek those attributes? Some people got shaken no. out, and others no. s- stayed if in. If you're seeking no. if you're seeking those attributes, uh-huh. you are looking upward to Jesus, and what happens around you and what people do to you doesn't matter. Okay. So what, ca- what caused people to go, that's us, that's me? Simply the Holy Spirit working on their heart, and they were allowing Him to come in. But that's not happening today. That right? I mean, that's what we're talking about. People are not that's, seeing this is those our, things. This is our condition. This and, is our condition. And no one is willing to admit it. No, but so what causes people to wake up to it? Someone brave enough to bring it out. <laughs> but even then they don't listen. <laughs> 
we can't force people. Can you? Can, do you? Do you mind? Listen. Do you have somewhere to go? Could you read a little more of that? I I really do need to get to church. Church is in, in about ten minutes. So we usually close with prayer. Okay. Father, we ask for your Spirit to fill our hearts with you. May we become your temple, able to listen to your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.